Welcome to the Healing for Male Survivors podcast. This is a podcast for male survivors of sexual abuse and assault, whether as a child or as an adult. Know that you are not alone and the abuse was not your fault. My name is Mike Chapman. I'm a certified recovery life coach and also a survivor. Let's find hope and healing together. And welcome to Tuesday Night Live. Unfortunately, our scheduled guest had something come up and was not able to join us. So instead, I'm going to punt. And I have another topic in mind that I do want to discuss. And any of my live attendees who would like to discuss or add questions about and whatnot can feel free to chime in. What I wanted to talk about is the Michael Jackson situation with more and more information keeps coming out about what happened with his victims who were children and also recently there was a new podcast called think twice and it is a podcast about not specifically about the abuses that michael jackson had but it's really a whole life story of him and his rise to stardom and somewhat critical look at all of that and what eventually led to his downfall, including the abuse allegations. It's a 10-part podcast. They, they go very much in depth about it. And it was fascinating to me. And I've been very interested following this case and what's been going on with that since back in 2019. That's when HBO launched their documentary, uh, Leaving Neverland. And two of his victims go on this four-hour documentary talking about their experiences of being groomed by Michael Jackson and not only them, but their parents as well. And they were all groomed into believing that this was okay. And anyway, it's a very in-depth documentary. I'll have links on, in the show notes on that so you can find that. That's currently playing on Max, which is their streaming service for HBO. And if you look on the special features of that, there is the one hour Oprah special that they also have. And when I first listened to that and the special back in 2019, that was a catalyst that got me to open up that part of my own history and look for healing and found it through male survivor and ultimately through husband material and so forth. And that is what uh, got me sharing my story. As I shared a few weeks ago with Kevin on his No Longer Ashamed podcast, I shared there, I started sharing elsewhere. And now I'm having my own podcast where I bring other people in who can share. And that's the power of story, really, the power of story that those two men who were victims decided they needed to share their truth. And because they were willing to share their truth, 
that inspired me to share my truth. And I know since then, other survivors, after hearing my story, have gotten healing and decided to share their truths as well. So that's the power of story. And that's my theme throughout this podcast, why I do it, to help men realize exactly what, how powerful their story is and their voice is, that it's not only for you, but it's for all those other male survivors out there who need to hear that, yes, they are not alone, that they can find healing, and it is okay to tell your story, and it helps others to heal when you do so. So I follow anything I can about Michael Jackson. I know one of my favorite podcasts as well is Real Crime Profiles, and there's one of the three hosts. One of them is also a survivor. He was a uh, advisor to the TV show Criminal Minds, along with a whole bunch of careers, FBI and so forth. And uh, but he was also a uh, victim and survivor, and he tells his story on there and follows all kinds of sexual abuse and assault cases, including a lot of uh, CSA type cases, including the Michael Jackson case. They have not commented on this new podcast yet. I'm hoping that they do. I don't know if they will. I think I sent a text to them. It's like, cover this. It's very good. I would like to get their take on it. But they have wonderful, deep uh, analyzing of all these different media things involving real life cases. And they go in depth so much on the truth behind these cases. But this, again, Think Twice is the podcast. It is 10 episodes again, uh, but was so fascinating is before the allegations of abuse came out, Michael Jackson was already planting seeds of grooming to the public to convince him that he was not a monster, that he is very much misunderstood almost like he knew that allegations might come out. And so he was setting the stage for his rebuttal of those allegations before they even came out. There was a music video that ended up only partially getting produced. It was with permission of the filmmakers of Adam's Family Values. So they used several of the actors from that uh, the, a lot of the sets from that. And the raw footage is available on YouTube. Uh, they talk about that as well. So whenever that was in the 90s or whatever this was, um, it was just before the allegations came out. So 80s, 90s, somewhere in there. Uh, but they had shot this footage of this. It was going to be a long music video, I think, similar to Thriller. Nice. 10, 15 minute short film, but showing how he's horribly misunderstood. Then before they finished shooting, before it went into post-production, they were still doing the primary shooting. And I think they did some previs on some of the things. So they got some special effects and some previs special effects and some missing special effects uh, on this. But you can see what was left, what they uh, ended up with on YouTube showing this footage of this music video. They ended up stopping production because allegations came out. 
And so they ended up just dropping the whole thing, though that footage is available. And they talked about that in this podcast, which I had no idea. And I looked at the footage and it's like amazing. It was as if he knew. And he did know because he had been abusing these children for several years before the first allegations came out. So this has been an ongoing thing. And I'm sure whoever was working with his team probably knew that this is going on. And it's like, okay, it's an institution, just like Catholic Church, just like the Boy Scouts. And people behind the scenes need to protect the institution at all costs. So they know what might bring down the institution and they have plans. They have plans in place to prevent the failure of the institution. And that's what's so horrifying about institutional abuse. And when it's with a celebrity, it's not only the celebrity, it's all of their entourage, all their publicists, all the people who are making money out of the institution of that artist. Because even today, multi-million dollars they have, uh, Broadway plays, being produced, they've got movies being produced still, even now. And so much res uh, residuals are being received by the estate uh, that it's still quite powerful. It was amazing to see how the institution of Michael Jackson Incorporated, I don't know what the formal term is, but they made sure that they tried to discredit all of these people who came out against Michael Jackson and did their best to try to discredit them. The podcast went in depth as to all those things. And then also when the HBO documentary came out, they talked to people who were very much for Michael Jackson and then went and saw the premiere and were shocked that it is you cannot watch it and not come out realizing that these guys were telling the truth and so many people who were really siding with michael jackson and assuming it was all made up left they were amazed and dumbfounded at wow this stuff really did happen and they're even now trying to balance the dichotomy of the artist and his music and what he meant, especially to the African-American community and how he was able to break the color barrier in music videos with MTV, who had no black artists on at the time. And they talk about this on the podcast as well and how he did whatever he could to change the art form so that he could be accepted and that, that blew the doors open so that other African-American music artists would be more accepted in the mainstream area of music, such as MTV. And he did, and those doors went right open. So you had other stars like Prince and, and so forth, who were finally accepted into that mainstream pop culture universe of MTV and the like. And going back to what I was saying, these supporters, originally Michael Jackson trying to balance that, yes, he is this superstar he broke down barriers he did wonderful things we honor him and his music and so forth and that was so much part a part of their upbringing of their history of their heritage but balancing with what this guy also did behind the scenes and yes it was horrible and yes it was not good but still honoring the good and the bad and trying to balance those and talking in this podcast about 
that and that it was difficult though they still listen to the music but they also understand what this guy did as well behind the scenes and trying to balance that so again think twice and i'll have a link in the show notes as well to that podcast and just fascinating going back to when michael jackson was first being named the king of pop that that was also grooming the public that their publicist convinced radio djs that no you will introduce michael jackson as king of pop that uh believe he it was some award show and they added it added it to the teleprompter for his introduction that introducing the king of pop michael jackson that he was never no one decided that that was his publicists and so forth who put that designation out there and strong-armed all of these places to use that term, King of Pop, until it stuck and that he was the King of Pop because it was used so much. So that manipulation of the media that he and his team were pros at, at very conniving and it's part of the industry, the music industry, and Michael Jackson Incorporated that they wanted to continue to grow his brand. So it was just amazing listening to this podcast and how those early introductions, and we have Super Bowl weekend coming up in a few weeks, and his was the first big major Super Bowl halftime show. 80s, I don't know the exact date, but they talked about it on this podcast as well. And that they had, and they had several confirmation on this, that if you look on the video, there's roaring applause when he comes on the stage. It was canned applause that someone pushed a button to make the applause happen. And if you pan at the audience, it's like, they didn't know what to expect. Oh, concert? wait, we're here to watch football. What? What is this? Halftime show? What is this? And people were like getting food, going to the bathroom, not really paying attention. Oh, we've got a stage show? Okay, so it might be a smattering of book applause, but certainly not the roaring crowd of applause that it appeared to all those watching the live broadcast on TV. They hit the button. So it sounded like roaring applause, but it really wasn't. So just fascinating, this deep grooming, there's no other way of saying it, that him and his media moguls, those behind the scenes, grooming the public to accept him as this superstar and continually manipulating the media, the public's perspective of who Michael Jackson was. Amazing absolutely amazing what they came up with and i do we do have a few people here if you have any questions or answers or if you would like to come on if you want to share publicly your own opinions on any of this that would be wonderful so let me know yes one of the participants said wow that's a very interesting about michael jackson i didn't know most of the it's information yes i was amazed at the uh, Think Twice podcast that it had so much in-depth information. I was amazed and it was very fascinating 
listening to this, even though it's very long, it's a 10 part podcast, 10 episodes. Next, uh, did he ever get charged before he died? And uh, did he ever have fines? And part of the grooming process was to convince his victims that they were not being abused. And that's what's so key about this. And so many others who groom children into becoming victims. Part of the grooming process is to convince them that it's not abuse, that it's a loving thing. It's part of a loving relationship. And uh, you love me and I love you. And this is something that people do when they love each other. And it's perfectly fine. And it's not abuse. And uh, in the four-hour documentary, one of the victims, I forget which one, mentioned that it wasn't until he had a son and the son was the same age when Michael Jackson first started abusing him. Then he realized if someone ever did to my son what Michael Jackson did to me, oh my gosh, of course that's abuse. And then it clicked. That was not okay. What happened? And it really made him realize, wow, that was very wrong. And yes, it was abuse. Uh, and that's so often true for survivors that something about having a child and that child reaching the age that you were when your abuse first happened, something snaps in you, whether it's the sounds or the smells or something, something in your brain unlocks and you can perceive the abuse in a different way. However you did before. For me, it unlocked the memory when my firstborn was an infant about seven months old. That's when the memories first started unlocking that I had been abused. And it wasn't until like 30 years later that I realized, oh, it actually started when I was probably about seven months old. That made sense why it was at that age when all that stuff started coming out of my brain. Uh, and there's, I've read so many stories of so many survivors who have had children. And when that first child reaches that same age, that something snaps and they have a whole different understanding and appreciation, or if there were repressed memories that those memories get unlocked. Another question, did there, were there ever fines charged? Yeah, he got charged, but nothing happened with the cases at the time. And both of those victims who were on the documentary both testified in court at the time when they were boys saying that, no, he never abused them. But of course, part of the grooming process, you get groomed to say, no, uh, this is not abuse. Uh, so they would confirm that. Uh, now those same two guys are trying to sue the estate and the corporation because they knew so many people, staffers, housekeepers have come out, security guards have come out and said, yes, they knew stuff was going on. It was quite obvious and they were told to look at the other way. So the Michael Jackson Incorporated, the company behind, they knew. So they need to be held accountable for allowing this to happen. And they are pursuing that. I don't know what is going on with that, but that's the most recent thing. So no, he was never fined. Um, they've had several suits, but nothing was ever proven in court. He was never found guilty 
as far as I know. Uh, good question. Uh, any other questions that you have, feel free to type them in. And yes, we have a participant. Feel free to share whatever name you want to share or just say anonymous if you want to be anonymous. That's entirely up to you, but go ahead. This chat, and I was just wondering, do they have any idea how many victims there probably were, Mike? I believe it's been estimated, and that podcast estimated uh, how many different boys there were and how many have come forward or were part of the different lawsuits. I don't know what the specific number is offhand, uh, but and then several did not come forward. Uh, there was a lot of boys, and then several of the celebrities swore that nothing ever happened. So we had the actor, Emmanuel Lewis, who played Webster, Macaulay Culkin, several actors who were in Michael Jackson's circle, and that could have been part of the grooming. So they have witnesses, so I'm not going to mess with these guys because they're famous. So they're going to be my witness that nothing ever happened. So that can be part of the grooming process as well to make sure nothing happened with them, but stuff happens with all these other not famous people. Uh, and part of the documentary, their parents were groomed as well. So to realize that, oh, they can provide all this special privileges for their children, opportunities, career opportunities, and so forth, that then help the parents financially. So then, they're not going to question it because it helps the family. It helps the family's finances. So all of that is part of the grooming process as well until, yeah, the child ages out. And it's like, oh, sorry, not interested anymore. You go on. Good luck to you. And they realize, oh, they've been replaced with the next batch of younger boys. But there were a lot. Uh, how many? I'm not sure. But the podcast does talk about that for sure. Great question. Uh, Chad, any other questions? And and where is the podcast? What's the name of the podcast? Who is it? It's called Think Twice, Michael Jackson. And it's on uh, all the podcast providers, but uh, you can get the full thing without ads on Amazon Music, on their uh, podcast server. Uh, yeah, so if you have Amazon, you can get Amazon Music for free. And so you can get that without ads which is nice. And they actually had early access to it as well. But all 10 episodes are available and I'll have the links in the show notes as well. But it's Think Twice, you can just search Think Twice Michael Jackson and you'll find it on any podcast platform and it will be there. Thank you. Yes, great question. In closing, I just wanted to say, yeah, it's such a lesson in institutional grooming, seeing how, especially with this most recent podcast, Think Twice, how Kim and his team groomed America, groomed the world to see him as this superstar, as untouchable superstar. So much so that when allegations actually came out, they had this machine that could work against it and prevent any kind of allegations from successfully coming forward and the power of that. And it's a lesson to beware of something that sounds too good to be true, just might be too good to be true. And yeah, that so many stories of 
institutional abuse like that are out there. So parents protect your children for sure and beware. And it brought to mind my own experiences of being groomed, uh, especially by the minister when I was in college, that there was grooming that happened there for sure. And then um, just by who he was and the fact that he groomed parents, my chief abuser, which was my father, he groomed my mom, he groomed my family, my siblings. It was, we were all part of the grooming process even before I was born to allow the abuse to occur. So grooming is just so pervasive and it's such a strong part of the story of abuse and survivors. With that, again, no, if you are a survivor, the abuse was not your fault. And so much of the grooming implies that you are part of it, that you gave permission, you gave consent. And children cannot consent to such a thing, but they make us feel like we did. And that is not the truth. With that, we'll see you next time. If you would like to learn more about my coaching with Polar Live Consulting, where I provide one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching, both with a focus on healing for male survivors, reach out to me at polarliveconsulting.com. That is polar spelled P-O-L-A-R. I would love to hear from you. I want to hear your story. If you would like your story featured on this podcast, contact me via my website. If you like this podcast, please rate and review because that's how other people can find me. And I really want to spread this message of healing and hope to others. And remember, you are not alone. Healing is possible and the abuse was not your fault. Let me repeat that. The abuse was not your fault. See you next time on the Healing for Male Survivors podcast.